0: On today's show, unless you were living under a rock, you probably heard that Shohei Ohtani has signed with the dastardly, dastardly Los Angeles Dodgers, reacting to the news and what it means for the Padres going forward, if this is good for baseball, assessing some you know troubling media narratives, and a couple of rants. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an edition of Lockdown Locked Podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, December 11th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most javier reyes follow me on twitter at java j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o or at lo underscore padres or lockdown padres on youtube where we're trying to get to 1300 subs very quickly we're right there ladies and gentlemen so share with your friends Share with your parents. Share with your parents' parents or your cousins' cousins' uncles, parents, cousins, What? whatever. Share it to everybody. Go subscribe and check that out. Today's episode, we are going to be talking all things Shohei Otani, what this means, because obviously now that he will be in our division for the next 10 years uh, with no opt-outs, uh, assessing that, what it means, my reaction to the news in general, and kind of, uh, in my opinion, some... Uh, unfortunate realities about this sport that we have to grow up with. So there might be a couple of rants on this episode. I know some listeners and viewers enjoy a rants or two that I go on. But before I mention that, guys, really quickly, uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. Bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com to get started. And then I get started with today's episode. Where do we begin? So first of all, let me talk about the the, the leading up to the moments and my reaction. So uh, I, I always love moments like this. Just every time there's a big thing that happens, it's always fun to talk with people about like, where were you when it happened and stuff like that, right? First thing I want to mention as well, though, is that I do think that MLB scoop insider media really showed their you-know-whats um, this past week complaining, the Buster-only article, the fan fiction writing that he did, talking about why doesn't Shohei open up more. To paraphrase, of course, I don't have the quotes in front of me, the whole, you know, he could be doing so much and lifting the organization with the Rogers Center, maybe make a donation, do all these things, as if any free agent has ever done that, and you guys aren't just kind of being sour whiny babies that Shohei Otani isn't giving you unmitigated access and making your jobs a little bit easy for you. That's how I read that. And then immediately MLB Media showed, it's like, yeah, the very sacred media landscape, then getting it wrong on Friday with John Morosi um, reporting that he had taken a flight to Toronto, making everyone freak out, stopping random people, everyone's tracking flights. And then that's, that's my problem. First of all, no free agent has ever done this type of open thing. Aaron Judge wasn't doing all these press tours and raising awareness for his signing and rolling out the red carpet like it's LeBron James's The Decision, right? No one did that. And then last year, you also got his name wrong and got it wrong that he was going to the Giants. So I I miss me with all that media nonsense, right? In terms of Otani's actual signing, um, I was in the middle of ShopRite. (laughs) So that's why you did immediately get some uh, reactions from me. Um, I think on this channel, posted a video the other day with uh, Sully of Lockdown MLB, my initial reaction. Kind of like my Cliff Notes response in a lot of ways. Um, And I was devastated, Um, obviously. I was devastated, especially because there was the hope of Toronto. Um, I know that there might be Dodgers fans watching this. Um, Not even know. I know. I I don't think. I know that there are Dodgers fans watching this. They love to comment on these videos, despite it uh, not being a rivalry. Uh, Every time something that affects the Padres adversely, um, they usually tend to comment. And for them, yeah. Uh, there is some bias here, obviously, with what I'm about to say and how it is devastating that Otani went to the Dodgers. Um, you know, it's just it's unfortunate in a lot of ways. Um, I think first though, let me speak a little bit more objectively on the question of, is this good for baseball? I think that that's the first thing that came to a lot of people's minds because the Dodgers, obviously have been very dominant for the last decade, plus uh, in terms of the regular season, at least, not so much in the playoffs. They've been dominant there. So it's kind of like, a layup that Otani will help them much more and help them potentially win a World Series. Although he won't be able to help on the pitching side of things, which we'll get into later, uh, and why that's really um, depressing for Padres fans. On the question of whether or not this is good for baseball, um, I don't think it's the absolute best. Um, It's not terrible, though. I actually think that easily um this would have been much worse if he went to the angels just speaking from a fan of stories and baseball and talent i think this would have been i think the angels would have been the worst case because we've already seen them waste the career of one hall of fame player in mike trout so like with no farm them making bad trades weird payroll bad owner I think that would have been bad for the sport. Even if, yes, he could still be a star over there and still bring a lot of eyeballs to the sport in general because it was L.A., you know what I mean? While a little bit smaller of an L.A. market, it was still Los Angeles with the Angels, um, although the Dodgers are certainly bigger. So I think that was good. But I'd be lying to you if I didn't say, and I think that Dodgers fans, frankly, uh, a little bit would be lying to you, if they didn't admit that I think that this would have been more fun in Toronto. I think this could have been more fun with the Mets. I think this could have been infinitely more fun with the Chicago Cubs. Because those teams aren't as much a layup. The Dodgers are a layup to win the division. They've been a layup to win the division. They've been the easiest thing to bet on, speaking of FanDuel, of basically any sport ever since the New England Patriots kind of like finally dwindled down. They've been the most automatic thing, is betting them to win the division. They're going to win between 97 to 100 games. They do it every year. They didn't even have pitching this year. Julio Arias was bad. Walker Buehler's hurt. Clayton Kershaw's hurt a lot. Like They didn't even have any good pitching. They still won 100 games. So I think that there is an unfortunate factor of that. People are a little bit in my opinion, a little bit fatigued by the Dodgers. Um, don't get me wrong, they haven't won at all. Let me be very clear. We make fun of them all the time. I call them James Arden, right? Like they just choke in the playoffs and then they act like they're the 90s Yankees, right? Like they're, they're not. They're not even close to that, frankly. Uh, the Astros are closer to that. And I think that it would have been infinitely more fun if you went to either of those two teams because it wouldn't be as much of a layup. And I do think that sports fans don't like it when it's a layup even if it means that they will he will be on a more prominent stage right so that's one thing i think the too long didn't read version of my opinion on this is it's kind of big it's like big for the sport and the corporation of baseball that he goes to the dodgers not so much for big fans of the game having a villain team i think unfortunately and i think the dodgers are clearly a villain i think even some people might turn Otani into a villain um I think having a villain team, unfortunately, I think, I don't know if it's for sure, I think, this is a little bit anecdotal. You know, think the the Warriors when they had Kevin Durant, uh, the New England Patriots, who I just mentioned, the 90s Yankees that I mentioned. I think it can be good for some drama of the sport because it gives everyone something to unite against, right? You saw the Astros right? Those World Series were viewed a little bit more. There was a lot of rating stuff. People were talking more about baseball because of the Astros scandal than they had in a while. They talked more about the Astros scandal than they had talked about, you know, Mike Trout's MVPs, you know what I mean? Like how good he was. Like It feels like they talked about that more. Um, So I do think in that respect, it could be good for the sport, right? I I do. Um, I think that it could be, but I do think that is bad for fans. And I think that there's two very separate things, right? Because good for the sport, when I say good for the sport, there's a bunch of layers to that. That I mean, in the business sense, Otani's number, that jersey will become the best-selling jersey like in baseball history, probably, over the course of the next 10 years. Like, that's just what's going to happen because the Dodgers are good. He'll be in a lot of big games, big market games, nationally televised games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. On the flip side, like I said, it's not that great that the Dodgers are such a slam dunk to make the playoffs. And like I said, Toronto, San Francisco even. I would even take it San Francisco. Is there a little bit of bias there? Because that would be less threatening to the Padres since the Giants are still a little bit ways off. Of course, for sure. That's fair to bring up. I think it would have been more fun um, because those teams haven't had as much success as of late. Oh, well, the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, they won the for, for the first time in 100 years, right? And then they kind of fell off ever since then. And I think they have a lot of fun players. They have Say Suzuki, Nuka Horner, Justin Steele, all sorts of fun players. And they're a big market too. And then, of course, Toronto is a whole nother country. You know, basically, right? So I still think that that would have been really fun for the sport if he went to those teams. Although I do admit that it is better than the Angels because I don't like seeing the Angels waste two Hall of Fame players personally. But um, this unfortunately hurts the, do- the Padres yet again. And it would be really great if other teams stopped letting the Dodgers sign every top free agent. You know what I mean? While we're trying to turn our organization around. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second, guys. But first, before we get into that, Before we get into the part that I know Padres fans are going to want to rant and rave about, right? Firstly, I want to talk to you about FanDuel. Ladies and gentlemen, we love FanDuel over here on this podcast. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 buckaroos if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time. Look, you want to bet against the Chiefs? Maybe you're betting on the Bills? You know, I could have told you. I'm wearing blue. I mean, actually, it's it's this cute little Kirby uh, sweater that I have with him with a football. I don't, I don't, this is really cute, guys. I really like it. Um, if you guys made the right decision and betted on the Bills to bounce back and didn't listen to the media narratives that Josh Allen's actually bad because they don't have wins now, wins aren't a QB stat. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to just do money line bets, don't worry. Don't worry. Although, that money line bet, 150 buckaroos. Off of just 5 bucks that's not too bad. They've also got you when it comes to spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. Um, yeah, they got you covered. Not just with football, but they got you covered in every sport. So go check that out, guys. FanDuel.com slash on and kick off your NFL season of betting. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Mm-mm-mm here on Lockdown Padres Podcast. Remember to go subscribe at Javapeno, at ello underscore Padres, Lockdown Padres, wherever you get your podcasts and the YouTube. Go check that out, guys. Let's now talk specifically about the Padres. Okay, so first of all, when it comes to this is, and I, I tweeted a whole bunch this weekend and everyone, you could go check out my tweets. I honestly think that sums up a lot of my thoughts as well. It needs to be emphasized that remember that Otani will not be pitching next year. Now, the bad side of this is if Otani isn't pitching next year, something tells me that the Dodgers certainly have some backup plans. If you are a Padres fan, for the rest of the offseason, the number one thing you gotta hope is that the Dodgers don't go out and get some of the top-line starting pitchers too, like Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Blake Snell, um, Jordan Montgomery, guys like that. That would be really, really devastating for the Padres. Just hope that they go to other teams. Absolutely hope that, because that'd be a bummer. I don't think the Dodgers do this $70 million thing a year if they don't also think that they're going to get some help with the pitching. Not to mention, they will also be getting Walker Buehler back. Um, You know what I'm saying? So he isn't pitching next year, but they will get Walker Buehler back, and they could potentially, as you all know, turn some lackluster players into something. Maybe they'll dip into their farm system a bit. Maybe there's some people we haven't heard of. Right. So if you're a Padres fan, you need to hope desperately, on top of hoping that the Padres respond, that they don't sign anyone. But I also want to talk a little bit more about the game and how this is frustrating if you're a Padres fan. One of the reasons that I don't go all in on the Dodgers as much as other people, some people like making fun of the whole, the built not bought thing. I actually think that that is mostly a true mantra. I know that'll piss Padres fans off, but alas, let me continue. Um, but it's not only, it's, it's a mixture of both. So, so, so there's a lot of things here. Number one, you need to spend money. I talk about that all the time. Look at the Texas Strangers. you need to spend a lot of money to win. So the idea that anyone has won without spending, I think is, 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 is frankly um, um, naive. And I think it's, um, dare I say, a little bit of a casual mindset. You need money. Don't listen to Moneyball. Don't listen to MLB media narratives. Don't listen to that. It's not true. You do need to spend a lot of money. But the Dodgers do have a lot. There's a reason why the Dodgers are still winning 100 games, guys. Um, It's signings like Jason Hayward for just one year and turning him into a valuable, like, two-win player. And they just re-signed him. It's able to come up with guys like Dustin May. Cody Bellinger was a prospect. Will Smith was a prospect. Max Muncy was a prospect. Walker Buehler was a prospect. Clayton Kershaw was a prospect. They have a lot of guys that they have from their system and a lot of bullpen guys. They have Kenley Jansen come around, right? Don't get me wrong. As of late, they've been much bigger with the money stuff. And money still impacts what the the stuff outside of prospects, aside from just signing free agents. That means that when they get Trey Turner in a trade, they don't have to worry about like before they make that trade, oh, he's just a rental. They have options because they have money. You know what I mean? This is why having money in baseball is so um important. It's I talk about this a lot with the Oakland A's where they're forced to potentially take bad deals because their owner won't spend. So GMs know, "Well, you have to take this deal I'm going to offer you whether you like it or not." You know, that that this has to play in negotiations. And for the Dodgers, do they make does another team make that trade regardless of the prospects. Let's say the, the Orioles, they have a lot of prospects. Pretend for a second in a vacuum. The trade for Max Scherzer. The Orioles might not do that because they know we will not re-sign this guy. With the Dodgers it's like maybe maybe we can re-sign him. We totally could. Cody Bellinger, all these guys, knowing not just that you have the prospects but that also if you lose them it's okay and also if you trade them or do all this stuff you could potentially re-sign anyone. That does matter a whole lot, right? Again, that's why the trade turner thing is so big. That it's like at the deadline, if they're a lower budget team, they probably have to trade Trey Turner last year because even though that they might be a really good team, their thing might be, well, we need to get something back for him. The Dodgers, they can be like, yeah, we can get something back or we could just go for it this year. So that that plays a big impact in this. However, um, the, the built not bought thing, you do have to be careful a little bit uh, with that. Like I said, um, it would be really great. If other teams, and again, just to circle around why I don't always hate the Dodgers, it is not, strictly speaking, the Dodgers' fault that they keep getting all these great players, right? It would be great. It would be awesome, awesome if other teams would please step in and stop letting the the Dodgers sign every single top free agent in the game while the Padres are trying desperately to do what other teams won't. We are competing with an Avengers endgame level budget well the Cleveland Guardians and the Milwaukee Brewers are in divisions with teams that have the budget of the last um A twenty-four movie. You know what I mean? Not, not nothing, you know, it's like probably like twenty million dollars, right? And they don't even try, but we're trying. And then you have all the hold on, let me just let me just finish up real quick before I get into the rant even more. It's like Mookie Betts. The Boston Red Sox could have re signed him if they wanted to, but John Henry wanted another yacht. Right? Freddie Freeman. Milwaukee Brewers have needed a first baseman for like 10 years now. Didn't do, they weren't even interested in him, right? Oakland A's. What are they? I mean, they're giving up people to the Braves, different division, but they give them Sean Murphy and Matt Olson as like a little yeah, you can take it. We'll take your your prospect that used to be good like three years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Christian Pache, and then we'll take him as the centerpiece of the trade because we're the A's, right? The the Guardians giving up on Lindor, the Brewers doing all sorts of stuff. Like it would be great, right? I already mentioned Trey and Serger. Hey, I mean, we don't talk about him much on the show, but Trevor Bauer, the top free agent on the market at one point. Now, granted, that one hit them in the face a bit. And then Shohei Otani. It would be great if other teams could please step in and actually go for some of these big players. That way, it doesn't go against us, you know? And again, I hate the Dodgers, but I hate other teams too. Salary cap and a salary floor is desperately needed, I think, in this sport. Even if they don't always win the whole thing. Even if they don't always win the whole thing, it's frustrating that it's something only they, the rich teams, benefit from. You know, my buddy Ben Caspick of Lockdown Giants always says he used to think, like, winning was all that matters. But he watches the Phillies team and is like, it's fun to have stars. It's a more fun team to root for instead of random guys whose F war is really high. You know what I mean? You like to have stars. Why do you think the Padres have been selling out and that the Rays haven't and that the Brewers haven't? You know what I'm saying? It's because, yeah, we know the team is good, but we don't have those recognizable star faces that have that little extra zazz. And that's why the sport is so flawed. Shohei salary next year is more than eight ball clubs combined. Baltimore Orioles right now, they've only got like a $35 million budget. And they have a huge farm system and a really good team that won 100 games. And they won't spend anything free agent. They could go sign Juan Soto and still be under like $90 million next year. Think about that. Think about that. They could do that and still be under $90 million, but they won't. And then you're going to have all these baseball prognosticators praising them. another thing that happened is, rightfully so, I think, for the most part, for the most part, I'm not saying that everyone was like this in the media, but I tweeted a meme this past weekend that I'll show to the screen right now because I forgot to screenshot it beforehand. The human resources meme, if you guys know that. The, oh, you're so sweet, and up, uh, uh, human resources, all that. The Dodgers, when they spend, we're spending big this offseason. Oh, you're so sweet. The Padres do it. Oh, human resources, Right. How many media narratives and how many people have you seen commenting on the loan that the Padres took out? Despite the fact that the Dodgers have taken out a $150 million loan before, the fact that the Texas Rangers have taken out a loan before, the fact that I'm pretty sure the Chicago Cubs have taken out a loan before, but everyone makes a big deal of the Padres. Why is that? Because the Padres are threatening and making a lot of owners and other teams look bad. The Mets, ah, it's a New York team. You know what I mean? It's New York. Big market. Big rich guy comes in. It's New York. The Padres, that's the team that couldn't sign Chase Headley. What the heck do they think they're doing signing all these players? And you know what it is? Why do you think Dick Montfort of the Colorado Rockies was really outspoken about how we need to fix the tax things and all that stuff for teams? It's because they know that the Padres are showing everybody that even if you're a small market team, you could absolutely try and sign players. I'm not saying the Tampa Bay Rays could have a payroll that's $400 million like the Dodgers, but they could certainly keep more players. Certainly the Baltimore Orioles could. That team is a team of Cal Ripken Jr. Baltimore Orioles are a big organization. They've been big for a long time. They've been big time for a long time. They could absolutely afford more players if they want to, which is why you get all these type of things. Ken Rosenthal wrote that article this weekend about how it's good for the game. And did have, by the way, a weird shot at the Blue Jays, dare I say? You know what I mean? Like, weird shot being like, the reality, too, is this. The platform for Otani and Toronto would have been smaller. Like, why are you focusing on Toronto? That's a big city. Y'all just don't want to cover them. I mean, media people are just like, not media people, but like, the league is just like, oh, great, we only have to talk about the Yankees and the Dodgers now because of Soto and Otani. This is great. It's great that we only have, like, two teams that we're going to talk about. Really good stuff, guys. Um, the platform for Otani and Toronto would have been smaller. Toronto is a wonderful international city, the largest in Canada. But because television ratings in Canada do not count in the U.S., major networks such as Fox, ESPN, and TBS might have been reluctant to carry Jay's games during the regular season, even with Otani. And while fans still could have watched Otani through the MLB app, the exposure just would not have been the same. Okay, uh, the national networks always max out anyway on the number of Dodgers and Yankees the league allows them to carry, simply because of the sizes of those markets. The number cannot increase now that Otani in Los Angeles is in Los Angeles and once I was in New York. But the promotion, the exposure, the general feel overall will just be bigger than it would have been in Toronto. Says who? So this is good for networks and ratings, but not necessarily good for the game of baseball. And I think that those are very, very distinct things, right? Those are two completely different things. And I think that it is a little bit annoying that everyone talks about, how can the Padres afford this? How can the Padres afford to do all these things? And then the Dodgers spend $70 million on one guy every year for a guy who won't pitch next year, by the way. And we'll still have to see how he ages in terms of his pitching overall in the future. I'm hopeful that he will. He's an electric pitcher. I I want to see the talent, right? I'm a huge fan of talent. Again, the Angels, I do think, would have been infinitely worse. But this idea is just deeply troubling to me and and weird. I just don't understand it. Um, That's why I posted that meme about the human resources, which, for some reason, a lot of people seem to like. Um, You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's frustrating, guys. It's frustrating. Um, do I think this is bad for the sport? Somewhat, yes. I think it's bad for the sport when only a couple teams get the big stars, even if it doesn't always result in winning. And by the way, other things that were mentioned in this article from Ken, oh, the Dimebacks, they won a lot of games. This is what they do all the time. You know what I'm saying? You saw it happening after the Padres traded Juan Soto. Oh, the great era of expectations is over. It's like, well, at least we tried. So it's only cool when the Dodgers and Yankees try. Not cool when the Padres try, though. You know what I mean? It's just... It's not good. It's not good. And by the way, uh, as another friend of mine mentioned, so his secrecy was bad for the game, but his signing with the most star-studded team is good for the game. I only got out to AP calculus, so I'm not sure I'm advanced enough for this math. But, yeah. It's just... Um, it's not great. It's not great that this is the only team... And along with a couple others that seem to benefit from this system that we currently have. Um, it's rough. It's really rough. And I just, it's so beyond frustrating that the top Padres are trying while other teams aren't, despite the fact that we have the Avengers in our division, and we still try more than other teams. That's the problem. That's not exclusive to the Dodgers. Anyway, guys, just a couple of quick seconds. We're going to take a break and hear from our sponsors, and then do a little bit of positivity. Just a little bit right after this. And just like that, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Locked On Padres podcast. Just vibing and thriving. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Vibing and thriving, ladies and gentlemen. So, again, I think that... (laughs) I just... It's such a bummer, man. It's such a bummer where, where we're at right now with the Otani thing and blah, 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 blah. Um... I just, I can't stand it. I don't like it. It's really unfortunate. But again, I think that it's true. And I've been saying this for a while. How many people were trashing all these other teams that spent? How many people were ridiculing the Texas Rangers for how much money they spent last year? And then they won the World Series. And not a peep from anyone. There is a little bit of a hypocrisy here. I've heard so many stories about how what the Potters are doing is unsustainable. Yeah, they took out a loan. The only thing, and I want to emphasize this, when the loan happens, my reaction was this is big for this offseason, which people don't be going broke the same. They'll be fine. Like I mentioned at the top of this podcast, Dodgers took out a loan for $150 million back in 2011, right? Rangers took out a loan. There's plenty of other teams that have taken out loans before, because this is what happens sometimes. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not. I think it's good that they're spending a lot. I think that's great. It's baseball. Why should you care if some billionaire is making more money? Like, Why does that matter? Um they just it just feels really inconsistent that how many stories did you guys hear? How much commentary did you guys hear that was maybe not always faulting the Padres and saying this isn't sustainable, but not nearly as universally wow, this is awesome when the Padres did this. it was more of a how are they doing this? Wow, wow, they're going for it, even though it's really risky. As if it's not risky for other teams or whatever, right? It's always going to be risky. Doing a big contract, of course, that's inherent with sports, guys. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what that's why it's fun. There's risk. You don't know what move is going to lead to what. So it just feels like, and I've been covering this for a while. This team, by a while, I mean like four years. But you get my point. I've been following this. I did not see the universal praise from Ken Rosenthal, necessarily from ESPN, for. The Padres spending, as much as I saw it, just it was it was big because it was just making headlines. But not in a way that was like, wow, this is great. That a small market team has decided, you know what? We're going to try and be big now. They lost the Chargers. They got the Aztecs, San Diego State University Aztecs. And then uh, the Wave, I forgot the, the, the women's soccer team. And that's it. You know what I mean? And so they said, let's come in. Without the football team, we could dominate this town. And we're going to go after those big stars. We're going to do it big time. And instead, it's like oh, look at them giving up and whatnot now. It's like, no, we traded Soto. Yeah, the loan was a big deal for this offseason. I thought that that signaled Soto's gone. Doesn't mean that the team is done. They frankly can't be done. Guys, in terms of the future of the Padres and how they respond to this, remember, they can't go back, at least for a while, to low spenders, right? Because they have like Machado. And Bogarts and Tatis, among others, with Darvish, Cronenworth, uh, Musgrove. Like, even if they wanted to, they'd have to buy out all those guys like right now, which would cost like a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't be able to do that. So that's what's really comforting if you're a Padres fan is they are not going to give up. They had to get rid of Soto, and it was one of the rare situations in which training the superstar. I kind of got it, and we talked about the return they got last week. I don't mind it. I actually think they got a pretty decent return. All things considered, them being in the first the position in the first place is another story, right? But again, remember, in terms of winning, this is not over. In terms of winning, it is not. Will we be celebrated, the Padres, as much as the Dodgers? No. You're already seeing. Everything I've illustrated in this podcast shows you exactly that. We will not be celebrated the same. It's not as convenient of a narrative to talk about the small market team for a bunch of different reasons, because that's how the country, the world works, whatever, versus the big team, the rich getting richer, right? It's more of a bad thing for how much attention they're going to be, and how the Padres are no longer going to be the it story as much as they were beforehand with Soto, with Machado, and Tatis and Bogarts, right? As much as the Dodgers will be the it team that everyone's going to talk about, right? And remember, in fairness, the Padres were slowly becoming a thing. I mean, they got more national television games. In fairness to everybody else, you know, to to other fan bases, like the Dodgers did blow it, or the Padres did blow it this year, guys. Like They didn't help themselves in this whole war of spending and us being victims of media. They didn't help themselves with how they played this year. So that's that's fair to keep in mind, right? Um, in terms of the on-field, remember that he's going to hit. It's going to hurt. It's going to stink. I am not looking forward to the fact that I will have to root against Shea Hotani. Not in like a hateful way, but I'll have to root against him. Um, he'll be their DH, and he's going to be great. He's going to be one of the best bats I'm pretty sure he produced like a six war last year. It's going to be a nightmare in that respect, but he's not going to be pitching. So if you're a Padres fan, I must emphasize you have to hope that the Dodgers don't get Yamamoto, Snell, Montgomery, any of these other big time pitchers because they also will have Walker Buehler coming back probably next year, at least from what I've heard. Um, That that should be a possibility and he's a really good pitcher when he's healthy as Padres fans probably know. But remember, the Padres have a big farm system and I I know you might freak out by that. I know, I know. I know, we, we should be lamenting and criticizing all those teams and the media members that, that love praising the Rays and the Brewers and the Guardians and the A's for what they do for their small budget. And look at those prospects. What I'm saying is it means we have reinforcements, we have depth, and we have assets. I'm not saying that our having a good farm system means that those guys are going to come up and be just as good as Shohei Otani. No. What I'm saying is it gives you wiggle room. They can use those prospects. They can have Jackson Merrill potentially come up to the outfield next year. Maybe that's why they traded Grisham as part of the Soto deal, because they feel confident in Merrill's progress, at least enough to maybe give him some playing time next year. Jung Ho Lee is still on the market. That could be a really good player for us. You know what I'm saying? Contact oriented hitter who can play defense. Padres also saved up some room. Maybe they can get some a little bit more pricier options. Like I mentioned Kevin Kiermaier on Friday, right? Maybe that could be a guy. Then maybe put Jung Ho Lee in left or you get a different type of left fielder, whatever. They have the stars still, the Padres. If they didn't have the stars, it's a different conversation, and I might be ringing the Con 1 doomsday uh, button, right? But the Padres still have stars. And remember, Otani is the biggest star in the sport. You know who's the second biggest star in the sport when things are right? It's Fernando Tatis Jr. It is absolutely Fernando Tatis Jr. He hurt a lot of his reputation, and he wasn't as good with the bat last year, but he's still there. He was exciting. He's the cover of MLB The Show. All that stuff, right? Flipping the bat, everything. He is still blockbuster, and people love him. And love him for a reason. We just have to hope that his bat comes back next year. So we still have superstars of our own. And there's still ways you can tinker around and beat this. And number one, number one, number one thing to remember, the Dodgers are James Harden, guys. They blow it in the playoffs every year. So you can hope. All you have to do is be better than your Miamis, be better than your Chicago Cubs, your San Francisco Giants, your Diamondbacks, your Marlins. I think I already mentioned them. Be better than those teams, and you're in business. And I think they can be better than those teams. So do not give up total hope. In terms of the off-field stuff, yes, like I said, this is going to hurt the Padres a lot. They will become the Mecca. They are going to be the overlord of our division because of Shohei Otani. But on-field, they can still win. And since clearly the media has shown, and a lot of people have shown, they don't want to give the Padres credit. For being a team that tries, then screw them. We're just here for ourselves and trying to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares what they say? I want to win. And I still think the Padres can because they have what a lot of teams don't. A commitment from ownership, a commitment in spending to win. I'm dead serious when I say they are better off than the Baltimore Orioles. I am dead serious when I say that. I've been watching baseball long enough. I know what's going to happen with that team. They're going to go out, make a minor, good addition, a good player. Won't be a big star. They'll have a low payroll, next year they trade Gunnar Henderson, or whoever their third best player is, and then they slowly get worse because they won't spend. I've seen it before, and unless they prove me otherwise, I'd rather be the Padres. I'd rather be the Padres than the, um, who else? Than than plenty of other teams, than the Guardians, than the the, the Reds, than the Pirates, than the uh, whatever, all those sort of teams, right? The Brewers, certainly. I'd much rather be the Padres and there's so don't give up full hope, but yes, feel free to leave your your comments uh, about how rage-inducing this whole thing is, this inconsistency with how it's irresponsible for the Padres to spend, but it's fine for the Dodgers to, as if every team couldn't do what the Padres are doing if they really wanted to. Feel free to leave your comments. I'm here for you. This is a safe space for Padres fans to rant and complain, because it stinks, and I wish it were different. Um, but in all seriousness, it has nothing to do with Shohei Otani himself. I don't like the Kevin Durant to Warriors comparisons. This guy was languishing away with the Angels who couldn't do anything for him. He's doing what's best for him. And just want to emphasize one more time, that whole media thing about him not being more of a a, a, a connoisseur, not a connoisseur, a, a, a purveyor. A, um, I'm looking for way too fancy of a word right now. And, and um, an ambassador of the game just blowing everything up himself. That was ridiculous too. Because man... They really showed their butts when they reported Blue Jays, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Shouts to that one writer for Dodgers Nation who reported that it was Blue Jays and it was done. I wonder if there was an ulterior motive there. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Just go look up Twitter. You'll find him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But anyway, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Ranting, Depressed, Locked On Padres podcast. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this rant. Just had to get a bunch of things out. Um, but do not give up in the Padres, I must emphasize that. Um, in terms of the future of this podcast, remember we are three episodes a week now. We are officially in off-season mode. For the rest of this week, going to be talking about some pitchers and relievers that I think are uh, low-level targets that the Padres should go after next. Same thing I did with batters last week. Going to be talking with Steve Granato um, and potentially Steve Gasolius of Lockdown Yankees to talk a little bit more Soto uh, to the Yankees stuff. And, um, Yeah. A whole lot more. We got a whole lot to talk about, guys. I promise you there's probably going to be more signings, more rumors. It should be a lot of fun just because we're in off-season mode. Don't worry. I will be here when the big news happens. And with that all being said, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.